I love television. It's the only true love I have. My guest for lunch today is Archana Kumar. She's a senior software engineer at Netflix. When she started working about four years ago, we were on the same team. I did iOS and Android, and she did TV and web. So we we're covering all the four major platforms, doing the same kind of interactions and stuff. One of the things we did was animated box art, so characters move on screen. It was really fun. She was great to work with. And since then, we've touched base a little bit. More recently, we have been both on the animation team. Uh, we see each other now and then, but she's always a blast to talk with. And when we were launching the We Are Netflix podcast, I suggested that we grab a whole bunch of people's voices from across the company. We recorded maybe 20 people to say the intro and the outro. And to use that, we're going to mix it up to kind of represent the tone. But as it turned out, everybody just liked Archden's voice. And so she's been the voice of We Are Netflix ever since. Archana has a Bachelor of Arts in Media Communications from Melbourne University, and she has a Master's in Professional Studies in Interactive Telecommunications from the ITP program at NYU, a really prestigious digital arts program that I admire. But more so, I admire Archana. Here is Archana Kumar. We recorded a whole bunch of people and then it came down and your voice was just yeah. picked. You didn't say, will you be the voice or anything like that? You said, will you be a voice? I listen to you all the time. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> I skip past it every single time because I can't, I can't bear the sound of it. Why? I think because the more, you know how the more you hear your voice, the more you're like, why did I do it that way? It sounds weird. I don't, I don't know. It doesn't resonate, especially because I think depending on my mood in a day, if my voice sounds different to my mood, I don't know. It's like a disassociation where I'm like, ah, that's weird. That's not how I feel like today. Today, I wasn't sure if I was going to have the energy. I, I, I did six hours of podcasting yesterday. Just I'm, I, I stayed up till two or three and then just really beat. So today, Maggie said, what are you going to do for the, the lunch with Lyle podcast? And I said, may I'll just take like the very first episode of Geek Speak. I have a recording of that, August of 2000. And I'll just play that episode. And she's like, is it any good? I was like, no, it's not any good. What are you talking about? <laughs> so I loaded it up on my phone and I played it. And my voice sounds like this. I'm like, so now we're going to do this thing. I just sound so petrified. <laughs> it's kind of sweet. But that, I remember that experience of not being familiar with my own voice. I'd done a lot of stage work before. But once it's recorded and you play it back, it sounds different. Yeah. So yeah. when do you... What do you mean? Like you, you're worried, your, your thought is that you have a certain way you think you're presenting emotionally and then in your yeah. voice, it doesn't sound as true. You know how there's your thought and then there's you speaking it, right? And I, when I'm speaking, I'm not actually paying attention to if the way I'm speaking. It matches my thought and I just say it, right? Uh -huh. And then when you hear it and you're like, that's not what my thought was like. That was not my feeling or you know, in the case of something where someone asks you to record it and they tell you to put certain emotion into it. And I'm like, ah, oh, that's not what I sound like when I have that emotion. It's all fake, <laughs> you know? Oh, my God. You have no idea how much that's happened to me the last few years because we switched. Really? 
it used to be that I would for the, like the We Are Netflix podcast and even yeah, mostly for the We Are Netflix where I'm not the editor. We have this whole introduction and we have this whole interview process. And then afterwards, especially this last season where we did a whole bunch of remixing the episodes. And then I interviewed a whole bunch of people, as you know, because mm-hmm. I interviewed you. And then we'd mix each episode together of the whole bunch of different voices. So then afterwards, there was like these weird incongruities, right? We're talking with one person. All of a sudden, we switched to somebody else. But the same question. So I have to inter- I have to put some text in the middle of that that says, mm-hmm. and now I asked Archana the same question, right? Yeah. So then I have to go back to record this. It's in a different environment. It's three or four months later. I'm listening some, to some text. I'm reading, trying to read some text. I'm trying to sound right. Like it doesn't mm. sound weird. Yeah. It always sounds weird. <laughs> That's exactly what I mean. Every single time um, someone's asked me to record something and then I hear it, I'm like, oh God, why? Why did you use that? It just doesn't, I don't sound like myself. And I don't mean the quality of my voice. I mean how I'm speaking doesn't sound like myself. But isn't that completely telling to how the world perceives you? Because yeah, that's yeah. what other people hear. Yeah, but it's always hard to like come to terms with that, right? You know how like nobody knows you like you know yourself, right? Yeah. And sometimes when you see that other people see you in a way that's different to how you see yourself, it's jarring. Yeah. And... I think one of those times when you just hear your voice saying something that perhaps isn't said exactly how you felt when you were saying it, you're just like, is that what I seem like when I'm trying to get a certain emotion across? Because like, ugh. <laughs> the thing, I, I guess that, sure, the E factor of yourself, that's not good. You don't want to start feeling bad about yourself. No. But if there is something there that allows you to go, oh, actually... There is an opportunity here for me to express more of how I'm feeling to other people. In, rea- in reality, I'm putting forth some persona that blocks what's really going on for me internally. That's one way to, to translate sure, what you're saying. Yeah, but that's assuming that it's your words, right? <laughs> I think most of the times when I've been asked to read something, it's not my own words. Oh, yeah, that's well, that's, <laughs> that's completely right. Yeah, totally. That happens all the time, actually, the, the for the We Are Netflix podcast. Derek, who's the, who's the editor, will take that episode and stitch together. And then I'm like, I need Lyle to say, oh, except, to, you know, when I was in college, I dropped out earlier, whatever it is. Right. He, he knows a bit about me, tries to write it. And we go through it a three times. I'm like, can I say this differently? He's like, yes, please say this differently. He's, of course, doesn't want to own my voice at all. Yeah. So then I say it a different way. But then by that point, it all has no meaning. I've lost yes. my ability to yes. grasp what it was in the first That's place. Exactly right. Yeah. So we laugh like, and then I try again and then we finally yeah. get it. Yeah. Um, recently I did a recording for the company film for last quarter and, um, the producer who was, you know, on the other, on the call listening to me and then he was like, why don't we try it again with a little bit more like joy on this one? I'm like, I don't feel it. I don't feel, I'm not that excited to say this random word. And after yeah. a while I'm like, God, do we really call it thumbs rating? And it's just like, I trip over that so much. And I'm like, it's easier to read this, but it's not easy to say these two words like 10 times. <laughs> and I wouldn't say it. I love it when words start having no meaning when you say them yeah. enough time. It's Wait, what were you? Sati- say, say, semantic satiation. Satiation. Ah, I can't say it now. That's what it is. Um, <laughs> why were you recording something about thumbs rating? Isn't thumbs rating in product? And don't you work in studio? What the heck? The studio film, I'm sorry, the company film is a recap of the what of the work we did last quarter. Yes. So let me rephrase your question. Let me rephrase the question again. You don't work in the streaming side of the business, 
Yeah. Thumbs rating is streaming side of the business. Why yeah. were you talking about stream about thumbs rating? In... Because I was the narrator for the I'm the narrator for the video. Oh, the entire thing. It's not about the work you've done. It's about no. the company. Yes. <laughs> Fancy. Is it? No. Did you want... So you so you've just had this great experience of doing this kind of artifice I... thing where it's not really you, but it's you. Yeah. yeah. I think that's why it's particularly, you know, recent in my mind as how hard it is reading someone else's yeah. words, but putting emotion in places that I don't put emotion. And I think the other part of it is that they were like, oh, we really liked your voice. And can you do it? And I'm like, yeah, sure. And then they were like, can you end more sentences in an upward intonation? Like, <laughs> I don't do that. <laughs> I know you. You don't talk that way. I don't talk Unless like you're that. being sarcastic. <laughs> and even then I'm making fun of something specific. But it's really, really hard. And I didn't realize how hard it is for me to say a sentence both naturally and say it in a completely different way than how I speak. It's just not what I do. You're not on screen. Are you just the voice? Just the voice. Okay, yeah. Okay. So we're the same experience of the, the podcasting thing. What I've noticed in this, I have to get an episode out every day, which means that at one o'clock or two o'clock in the morning, I'm editing something. I'm like, okay, I need to introduce this person because I didn't really do it appropriately or it wasn't right. Or I forgot yeah. the whole degree they have. Right. So I got to re-record something. I record it and I go, that doesn't sound exactly right. Wait a second. Music bed. Okay. <laughs> Cut out some space there. Oh, magic. It's fine. No one will notice. <laughs> That's the other thing is hypercritical on your own voice. Yeah. Just you relax a bit on it. Sometimes I'll even do a thing where it's clearly there's an edit problem, but this yeah. is internet audio. And every once in a while, audio just makes a mistake. Yeah. So a little tiny sound or something wrong, you'll forgive it. <laughs> also, don't you think most of the time people are doing other things while oh, absolutely. it's that distracted listening that's so common with podcasts and everything else that makes it so easy to be like, eh. Yeah, I think podcasts have a little bit more of a or a film especially has more attention grabbing. It's the um, I guess I was just talking about this amazing movement from episodic television where in every episode, you kind of have to assume the audience didn't see the one before and they might miss the one after because of the traditional streaming format. So that's why you have these television shows that are really redundant, like ridiculously yeah. so, right? Yeah. Or a situation where it's an episode that's always the same location, that's kind of the same story and they wrap it up every time. So they kind of stand alone. To the now when we have these amazing nine episode films, which you have to pay attention to the entire time because it's not redundant like that. It's such better television or film. But also subtitles. I've gotten so used to watching everything with subtitles that when we were at the movies the other day, this was like a few weeks or months ago, and I was like, oh, I hate missing a dialogue now because I, I never missed what someone said, right, when I'm watching with subtitles because I'm not reading the subtitles constantly, unless, of course, it's foreign language. But I'm mostly watching and listening, but I use the subtitles as, a, oh, what was that? I missed that. What was oh, that character's name? Oh, yeah. And also for a kind of a confirmation. Yep, yep. Yeah, it's nice. Are you reading the text or are you aware it's there and kind of helps you subconsciously add to the meaning? I I don't know how to describe it, but I feel like it's like a surface absorption of both. Yeah. I'm still, and which is so complex when you think about it, of like paying attention to the performance, hearing what they're saying, comprehending how they're saying it, all of that, but still at the same time being like, oh, I just want to verify. Yep, that's that's the character's name. Oh, yeah. that's who they're talking yeah. about. Something small, like it's the details of like picking up some things from subtitles, which I love. As a UI engineer, don't you want the subtitles not to cover the actual video? 
all the time. I want it somewhere all else. You know, in opera houses, they have like a projection strip that like goes above the whole thing. It's a completely different interface. We've seen that. No. Oh, yeah. That's common in opera houses. You'll have a screen that's the proportions are really crazy. You just imagine like a, an opera stage and the screen being really high above and only like a human's height high and then the entire way stage width. And they're projecting from the back of the house. So they have a lot of space, but it's totally out of the way. It's fantastic. We need that on TVs. Yeah, because everything. And I also feel like in some ways, unless, you know, I was thinking about this today. Um, what if like part of. Um, how editors crop the scene now takes into account the space for subtitles. And they're like, it's more like, it used to be such a minor, you know, like closed captioning. It's like a disability thing. But now I'm like, they're so ubiquitous. And most people have subtitles on that, like that bottom third of your shot. Yeah. You know, don't put important information there. You know, recrop for that. I don't know if this predates you joining Netflix, but I was doing interactive stuff. And, you know, the, when we were doing the branching narrative uh, development and in interactive titles that had a branching narrative, you had to pop into some extra controls onto the screen. You had to push mm-hmm. things up. Mm-hmm. And as we were first doing it, it was fine. And then we ran into subtitles. And the problem with subtitles is that lots of the platforms are actually built into the OS. So for an iOS device, for example, Apple is actually putting that layer in. So you give the player the layer, right? Um, But additionally, we found out, the things I found out in doing that is, because I thought, oh, we just pushed it up. And then people found out that actually you can close caption and put the text anywhere you want if you you use the design, right? So in Japanese titles, very commonly, the text is jumping all over the place because it's a lot of it has to be vertical. Therefore, you don't want to block a person's face. So you actually design every element. Any case, it became this real problem for interactive. I don't know how they solved that. <laughs> I mean, I remember what I don't even. I still don't know to this day what verb I should use when I talk about bandersnatch. My experience, yeah, <laughs> like I don't know what verb to say. Uh, whatever the verb is, engaged I, with. Yeah, engagement sounds so boring. <laughs> I feel like my bank would say that about what I do with my bank. Cause they're like, she engaged with it. I'm like, sure, <laughs> that's what I did. <laughs> but. Um, when using. And they call you a user, too. They wouldn't call you a person. They'd say yeah, the user true. engaged with it. I'm yeah. not a user. Yeah, I'm a human being. I'm a human being. I do things. I have needs. I think the subtitles were just above the... Well, most of the time they were in their normal spot, right? Yeah. Which is in the bottom third. But then when it was time for action, most of the time you didn't need subtitles, right? right? Yeah. I mean, because... Bandersnatch was so designed around the interfaces we were producing. Yeah. Like the whole show was, you know, well, as you know, they developed it together and yeah. talked about it all the time. It's sort of yeah. funny because I've talked to other people about that. And I've even done talks about interactive content at Netflix in the educational space because a friend that does digital media courses and I go and teach for that one session or something. And in talking about it, I'm trying to express what it was like when they invited us in, when my colleagues invited us in to show us Bandersnatch. Do you remember I being know. in the room for the first I time? Was, I <laughs> mind-blowing experience but the thing is i try to explain to people it takes too long but you and i know what it was like because yeah. we were in the same space i felt like a kid oh, when it was over i was like what is this this is so exciting in fact i think i was at borderline annoying kevin because i was like so when can i when can i can i can i do it again can i do it again, can I do it again? he's like okay i'll send the email out like uh, all right will you will you help explain to the audience what we're talking about um bandersnatch is an interactive title live action not animated uh where there's on the fly editing and it's a wait can i say the phrase choose your own adventure no that's trademarked it's not a choose your own adventure (laughs) it's not like it's it's one where you get to decide where the story goes 
Yes. Does that kind of work? Where I'm sure. Infringing on anything. And the product, like I actually worked on all the s- titles before that. That was like a third title or something. I'd worked on the other ones, but I then moved off and you and I work on a team. Yeah. But we were right next to the people and they were all talking about this project. They were even calling it Bandersnatch. Yeah. I didn't know Bandersnatch was the name of a title. I just thought it was what they were calling either. the project. I thought the same thing. And the thing that's so trippy is like Kevin, who's one of the lead developers on the system, um, he he works late. You go in sometimes on the weekend, he'd be there. He looked kind of like he was always pushing the envelope of what was possible. Yeah. They all come out of big meetings and they'd all be talking after the meeting like something intense happened. It was a really interesting to watch it afar. Yeah. And then and the show did that. All the while, I, yeah, <laughs> all the while, I feel like I can't believe we were right there in the space and I never realized what was being made. Or like what was going on and then experiencing the whole thing and then be like, oh, I get it all. I understand everything. Oh my God, this is such amazing technology. The people who made this are brilliant. The story writer is brilliant. Everything oh, so is so, I truly haven't felt Part of the reason why I think it was so good for us is that the show itself has a meta break where it starts self-referencing itself and the engineers yeah. that made it. Yeah. And we're in the space where we witness the engineers make it. Yeah. And they're using tools in the show that are yeah. the tools that were written by our colleagues and yeah. they were using them on screen. And we kind of looked over their show. Just incredible experience. And I, 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 I have failed twice in front of a, a, a classroom, a, you know, in Digital Media 101 course of 120 students to try to express what that feeling was like. And I could tell halfway through trying to explain it, they're all like... Oh. Turn to something else. So I finally stopped talking about it in public. I also think knowing, going back to editing, which we were talking about, right? Like on the fly editing, which is what is happening there, that seamlessness with which video, all of it, like it was not a black box to us. And that made it so exciting as well. Just being like, wait, you did this? Yeah. You did all these things and it all works so well. And this, story was it was so cool because the titles before that were animated right and so we did save live we said animated stuff and i built some of the screens for this i was quite involved in it but all the time the problem was you've got a video player and all video players are just rendering bits to the screen and this is a hard process and if you and the way the actual video works is you have all of the cuts that you need the entire branching narrative tree is in one video file really long like an eight hour video whatever it is and the playhead it basically descending on what depending on what you do has to jump to different parts of the video and when you do that there's a whole buffering thing that has to happen and they actually got all of the playback systems at Netflix to be able to handle two buffer streams at once. So you could have the seamless and banner was the first one to do it. And you're right. It was just, you couldn't even tell that the, the real time jumping was yeah. happening. It's yeah. even the soundtrack worked. Yeah. They did such a good job. And then by the way, the engine that did that, that then we then backfilled our first titles and all the titles operate that smoothly now, which is pretty cool. It's, it was so, it was, I was so blown away. It's just, well, it's no, you know what's funny? When it gets cold, and this is like <laughs> truly something that I treasure, on a cold winter day, because that's when we first tried it out, it was like super cold in the Bay Area and it was like, you know, kind of cloudy and all of that. Whenever the weather is like that, I get the urge to listen to that song, Oh Superman. Yes. And I And I put it on and I just think back to like, how exciting I was. It's, At work. It's trapped. Yes. That was it's the other... all trapped in the song now. Oh, that's and great. a certain weather. That's so great. when I 
when the weather matches and I play that song, I feel I relive that moment. Do you have that with a lot of songs and with weather? Oh, absolutely. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Are you, are you, do you also do that with smell or is it just? Definitely. Oh, All so those things, yeah. you've got a sensory connection to memory that's different than, than yeah. me. Interesting. I, I love it. I feel like it's so amazing when once in a while something really random, I'm walking down the street and I smell something that instantly transports me back to like when I was 10 or 12 and I feel that age and I, I don't know, it just, it feels like time travel. Where were you at 10 and 12? India. India? Mm-hmm. Okay. And you also spent time in Australia. Mm-hmm. So when I was 18, I moved there. For school? Mm-hmm. Undergrad. My conversation yesterday was with a friend of mine, Brenna, who moved to Australia 18, 18 years ago and has raised a family. We talked about Perth. And what part of Australia were you in? Melbourne. Melbourne. Oh, okay. City, city, city folk. Yeah. I'm always a city. You know, I, I, I love nature, but at the end of the day, I, I will live in a city always. Have you ever done video editing? Um, so when I was in Melbourne, I did a night course like thing for filmmaking and I quickly realized that, oh yeah, I don't actually want to do, do this. It's just all too hard. But yes, it's I've all done too hard video. and now you're a software it's engineer. It's all too hard. Yeah. I feel like I'm allowed to make so many mistakes in software. It's amazing. That's, that's your goal in life to find a job you can like make lots of mistakes in? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I literally go, whoopsie, I did that. And then they're like, okay, can you fix it? Like, okay, cool. (laughs) Have you ever tried to set yourself up with a memory by like doing a smell and feeling a certain temperature and like, have you ever tried to artificially create something that then sticks with you? Um, I'm trying to think. Well, in that way, a playlist, if that counts. A playlist playlist, of songs? You'll do it? Yeah, yeah, because... Some have very, very, very strong memories. I mean, borderline, like, negative. Like, so when I was going through treatment for cancer, Hodgkin's, um, I had to get go through, like, 21 sittings of radiation. And for each radiation, they'd be like, okay, this is really boring. You can't move at all. But you know what? You can pick songs, whatever songs you want, and we'll play it. I'm glad I didn't put any of my favorite songs, actually, in there. Because <laughs> you're, like, feeling nauseous and horrible during it, right? Well, it's not really nauseous when you're getting radiation. It's just kind of like, it's just changes. Like after a while, my, cause it was all in my neck and chest. Mm-hmm. So like my skin literally started to like peel off and stuff. And my throat, I couldn't, I could barely drink water oh. because like, it just felt like my throat was closing up. So like all these sort of things, right? Like a bunch of, and you know, my taste buds were gone and my tongue looked like shit. But all these like physiological body things are happening. And then I'm still going to this. And I was like, just play this one playlist. And they never hit shuffle. I would always say shuffle. And they're like, yep. And then they play from the beginning. And I just felt like I was stuck in this loop for 21 <laughs> sittings. Oh, no. How long were the settings? Not that very long, like 20, 30 minutes. Do you hate those songs then? I hate those songs now. Every time I hear it, I'm like, and I feel bad because there's nothing wrong with the songs. Right. I just hate them all because it just reminds me of, they put you in a cage and I'm not. Is this to stop you from moving completely so yes, they can target they the radiation? It's, it's oh. super targeted. So oh. what they do is they do a face mold. So they put a cage that's like, you can't like that sounds even a centimeter. You torturous. Can't yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah. Yeah. Smile laugh. Yeah, yeah. So they put the cage on you and then you go into like the thing where the radiation actually targets where it needs to go. And 
all this while that I'm sitting in this cage and my body over like days starts to feel more and more shitty. And I'm like, oh, it's that song again. Cool. <laughs> Does it, was it always the same duration? So it always ended on the same song? Or? Yep, exactly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so now when you hear that song where it's ending and you're like in some coffee shop getting something, getting a bagel or whatever, and that song plays and it starts to end, do you like have a feeling to get out? Like, do you feel like you're about to get removed from your trap? No, I just remember being like, oh, great. What am I going to feel today? You know, because like the uh, the effects of it would build up over time. So what I felt on sitting one is not what I felt by the end. So it was just like new things. Yeah. So it just, I just hate those songs so much now. <laughs> but I don't actually hate them because what's funny is that I just remember, like I never hated the songs when I mm-hmm. put them on that playlist. But I just, every time I hear it, I remember how I felt. So those feelings are there of like, I don't want this. I'm done with this. I'm over. When I was 12, I was in a play and I, um, the only 12 year old, there was an adult cast, but I was the kid in the play. And I opened the show. I was behind a curtain. I was sitting on a bed and the audience was really close, but it was behind a curtain. And they even had the lights on in the room and the room was supposed to be like my bedroom. And what was playing in the house is this like, um, fifties bebop kind of music. Mm -hmm. And, there's a couple of those songs, one of them, which, which when it ended, they opened the curtain and I had to be on and I had to be in character oh. and I'd be doing my thing and then I had my lines and I had a scene that was a few minutes long. Right. Yeah. And to this day, if I hear that song, my whole body stiffens up and I'm like, I have to yeah. do something now. <laughs> it's been 40 years or whatever, 20, 30 years. Yeah. So how is the recovery going from Hutchins? I mean, any, I think it's fine. I mean, you know, um, when I, joined Netflix like when I came for my interview was when my hair was starting to come back and I was just like uh it's so funny because at the interview I wore a uh, like a beanie because I was like I don't know I feel weird about this and then on the first day I was like I hate wearing hats why did I do that now they think I'm a hat person <laughs> wait do you still have that as your like profile picture no no oh no, good oh good that. and also my hair changed that's what's really weird right so uh I you know all my life I've had like I would say straight to like maybe slightly wavy hair, but post-treatment, I got curly hair. So um, when I first joined Netflix, everyone saw me with curly hair. And now they're like, oh, you straightened your hair because like my curls are going away now because it's been a few years. And I'm like, no, this is just my hair. And they're like, but you have really curly hair. And I'm like, no, I don't actually. It was a thing. <laughs> so funny. I don't know if I noticed it last time we did one-on-one with the office because we actually ran into each other at the office after COVID, which was kind of fun. We had to talk. I don't remember what your hair is now, but when we got on screen today, I was like, Archie's hair looks really different, but I couldn't place what was different about it. And like talking to people about their hair is like not exactly what you do when you're at work. I <laughs> so I didn't say anything, but yeah, it looks totally different than when I first met you. Yeah. So that yeah. was because of the treatment. Interesting. Yeah. It's all, so it was super curly right after the treatment. And then with time, you know, the curls just went away. I mean, I cut some of them because it was weird because it was literally like oh, half my hair was curls and half of it was. And then like, that. whoa, what a trip. <laughs> Yeah. So I thought so you were saying that it was highly targeted, but it must have had side effects oh, or were so you also chemo. on okay. the radiation is targeted, but the chemo when your hair falls out. Yeah. And then the proteins or something get affected. So, yeah, my hair grew back super curly. <laughs> it was curly. It was really yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so you've, that was kind of neat to have that like instant perm for a while. Well, what's funny is that like I always wanted curly hair 
And then when I had it, I was like, oh, God, there's so much effort. I don't know what to do with this hair. It's so hard to maintain. <laughs> it's just like humidity would mess it up. And it was just really hard. Like people don't know how to cut curly hair and all these weird things. <laughs> but yeah. Thanks for um, chatting with me and deciding to let me record some of it. Anytime. I don't want it to go too long because then I have to edit longer. Yeah, but don't I, do it. I also enjoy talking with you. So can you tell me something interesting about it, one of the television shows you're currently engaged in or just finished being engaged in? Um, I ask because most people won't know this, but you and I know this, that you kind of are in love with television. I love television. It's the only true love I have. <laughs> Is your husband in the room right now or your dog? <laughs> I, actually, I think he's here me. <laughs> He's like, what? And look, Tetris is always next to you. Tetris is right next to you. Hey, Tetris. (laughs) I feel so engaged in all television that I'm like, where do I begin? Well, right now, what I I guess I can talk about it. What I find very interesting is that, you know, Love is Blind, the TV show. We have season two coming out, which is based in the US. And then we have season one that's based in Japan. And I just watched both back to back. And I feel like as a cultural studies person, this is such gold. It's so interesting to see how how people talk about themselves. What is the show? What's the format? Love is Blind is uh, they get a group of men and women uh, and they don't let them see each other, uh, but they get to talk to one another uh, between the wall in the middle. So they And then <laughs> this is when the, the premise gets crazy. And then after 10 days, they should get engaged and then get married. <laughs> they seriously do? Yes, seriously. There's like a wedding and then That's everything. not it's right. Hilarious. I know. <laughs> That's the whole point. It's not. And James and I always joke about this. It's like, who is the person who pitched it? And then when, instead of just like, and then they date each other, go, and then they get married. <laughs> so do they both get to decide who gets married, but never see each other? No. So when, so for 10 days, they talk to each other from, um, rooms that are separated by a wall without seeing each other and they get to know one another without being affected by their physical appearance. And then at the end of 10 days, they get to choose whether, you know, they want to propose or not. Uh, a fair few of them don't do anything and just leave. Uh, but some of them Like a rational human being. <laughs> <laughs> 10 days and get married. Hello. We go on. 10 days, get engaged and meet your fiancé for the first time in person. And then have a reality TV show, pay for some holiday and then meet your family and friends and then have a wedding. Perfectly normal. Would you do it? Hell no. What are you <laughs> talking about? That's insane. So I just looked and season Love is Blind season two official trailer is out. So I think you're totally cool to talk okay. about it. it Netflix be. employees get an opportunity to see content early on. We give feedback and stuff. So you've already watched season two. And so what the People in Japan are like compared to the States. Is that where this yeah. season two is? Yeah. How that they talk mo- about oh, what subjects, right. like the subject matter of their conversations, how they perform their identity is so interesting. The things that they think they need to say to represent who they are, right? Like if someone can't see you and you want to talk about yourself, what do you talk about? Has it made you think about how you would do that? I think I would not be interested. <laughs> the reason that it's just so much effort to meet people and like find common ground and all of this and I'm not good at that I just feel like you want to just play a game or something I love that you like watching a show about doing something you don't really want to do this is why I love film and tv I'll watch shows about anything you think I'm going to 
like bake any of the things that are made in any of these baking shows? I wouldn't mind baking stuff and stuff, but I would end up eating too much. Just get giant. Okay, so Love is Blind. I think maybe I'll watch like one of the random episode from season one and the same episode number from season two. I don't know if I could sit through that much banality. I would say just, I think it'll be interesting if you watch episode one of Japan and episode one of another country. Because How many are we doing? Or we don't? I think we did Brazil. We did the US. And uh, maybe, yeah. maybe we shouldn't be talking about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hmm. What can we cannot okay, talk about? The entire time we're talking about banner stitch, I'm like, all the we've we've said all this publicly already. We've already said this publicly. I have to keep a running dialogue of what's public and what's not in my mind. In that way, editing is good, right? At least you yes. get to ha- do that. Say, oh, that was a bad idea. Yeah. I don't know how kids these days are so. Look, I shouldn't say kids these days. <laughs> okay, Grandma. I know. It's just this is how my brain works. I'm like, I've lived the longest life. I've seen it all. What are they doing, Lily? You know how much, how big, like all the live content production stuff has gotten, where people feel so comfortable with like audiences, like everything from like Twitch streaming, Instagram live, Facebook live, TikTok live, all of that stuff. Seeing how, I don't know, it just seems like such a gamble. Like live TV is something that networks have always been like, ah, do we have to? Oh, we have to do so much planning. We we have to do like so much conceptual design and testing and do all that. And then it's just like, nah, done. <laughs> done and done. I miss live radio. I did live radio for the first 16 years of doing of radio. And there's something so wonderful about, yeah, you're right. In that moment, like my first voice, it's nerve wracking, right? You know? Yeah. And at that time, I think the radio station had like 12,000 people listening, right? So you're getting on mic and you're doing that. And yeah, you could say something wrong and yeah. it's a little stressful, but there's something so wonderful about Getting thinking about you're driving down the station, thinking about the news stories, what you're going to talk about. Everyone kind of does a little bit of planning. Okay, I know what we're going to talk about. I have a piece of paper doing the show. It's a little intense, blah, blah, blah. The show ends and you're done. Done, done. Like it's over. It's gone. Never have to think about it again. That's a lovely way to deal with performance and stuff versus should I leave in the stuff about Bandersnatch? Is it okay that she said the other seasons of what the show's coming up? You know, all that (laughs) crap you have to decide about. What's the fear, though, about saying something live? Are you, are, would you be worried that there's a gamble that you'll do something inappropriate? No, I think it's my biggest thing. And going back, like, you know, coming full circle, it's how am I feeling right now? Is this how I want to feel when I say these things? Like so many factors influence how I'm saying something, right? Or like what words I choose, how relaxed I feel sitting in my own house with my dog. Perhaps I don't feel like this <laughs> you know yeah. it's just it's a it's a space and time thing where it's have I really thought about how I feel will I represent it well but similarly if I'm in a bad space for some reason like if we were having the same chat at work and I just go into like I pop into a conference room but I've been having a very busy day of meetings you know our conversation how I would put things will be so different and that's that's the part of like liveness that makes me always think how am i really feeling right now the performative nature of Mm -hmm. of it yeah i think about that a lot in in editing people i think about how i actually reacted i i do a lot of things where i'm when i'm interviewing people and i'm not conscious of it that i'm thinking about what the audience experience and where the conversation is going to go next and all that so i'm engaged i'm listening and it definitely moves me but lots of times i'll later go 
oh my God, she just said she had canceled, she had therapy, and you said nothing for like three minutes about it. What the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> it's like this whole like post editorial and it's real. It's not like yeah. maybe I was wrong. No, no, I was clearly did this thing. <laughs> I can see it on the tape. <laughs> but don't you think that's also because in the in the moment you're thinking of like you said multiple things at once right sure. like yeah. where's this conversation going like all of that stuff is always happening when you're talking to someone yeah. you know like even in a coffee shop when you might be expressing the most like deep inner feelings and then somebody might be fighting and you just can't focus anymore yeah. you're like ah it's fine it's not that important it's not that it's not important you just the space just forced a certain thing on totally you. Yeah. it's a trip it's just it's over that it's just it's whatever <laughs> Do you have faith in people? What does that mean, though? Well, you have good relations with people in your life, right? You have tight mm-hmm. relations with people. Yeah. What do you think about the general population? Just random person. Would you trust them to help you if you were hurt? Yeah. Are people good? Yeah, I think so. I think generally people are good. And, and I know maybe I self-select to find like input. Like we do tend to think that people are not but i think people are good and you know what's funny i think more highly of the unknown person than the faint acquaintance <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean the faint acquaintance someone you've dealt with you didn't like yeah like someone who i have like it's not truly an unknown right not like somebody if i were to look outside the window right now like and i see random people walking those are the people i know nothing about Unless they're wearing a hat, and then you're like, I don't trust them. <laughs> no, that's how I feel about how I look. Oh, okay, okay, sorry. I'm like, this look does not look good. You didn't, you're not this person. And it also was a beanie that made me look like, I don't know. I just was like, oh, no. Okay, so you anyway. see random people on the street. You don't have a judgment on them. Yeah, yeah. And if anything, my judgment as such is that they're perfectly fine, good people. It's when I have a lot of small interactions. It's like, that curb your enthusiasm kind of thing, like the small things, like, what are you doing? Why are you speaking so loudly that nobody else can do anything? Like once those like little bits of information, especially with actions are involved, but no, like, I don't know who you are. Mm -hmm. I don't know like what your deal is or what your story is. Those become the things that I'm like, oh, this person, they're the worst. (laughs) (laughs) When you feel that way, what do you do about it? Do you just kind of avoid them or do you try to figure that out? I try and avoid as much as I can, right? But it's not really an option a lot of the time because those small interactions, they're in places where, like for example, right, in any like public space where you're sharing things, whether it's work or school or like a grocery store or like you're here for something. You're trying to get your own shit done. They're there to get their shit done. But somewhere in all of it, I'm like, ah, too annoying. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I don't hate anyone in my life. Oh, maybe just one person, but we won't get into that. But, like, I I would say in general, I don't hate anyone. But then sometimes when there are people who I don't know and they do things that I'm just like, how could you do that? <laughs> you person who I know nothing about. And there's so many reasons why they might have done it. Yeah. But in that moment, it feels like, what is wrong with you? Are you judgmental of yourself? Oh, absolutely. Whose else voice am I hearing all the damn time? My friend from yesterday called that mind talk, that inner voice mind talk. I think sometimes my mind talk annoys me because um, it's literally 
I'm trying to focus and do work, but my mind talk is literally being annoying. I'm like, Shh. wait, your I... mind talk's going, or your mind no, talk no, no, is no. saying something that's annoying that you have to yeah, say, yeah, yeah. okay, yeah. I'm just like, mm, maybe you should go, maybe you should go look through the snacks. Oh, I wonder how that word is pronounced. Say semantic satiation. Why can't I say it? Like, Shh. I need to read this query right now. <laughs> it's literally like having an annoying child inside my head. I don't, I just don't have that inner voice thing that I think other people have. Really? No, not really. It's very rare. My sister was saying, cause I said that I think one of the podcasts and she listens to Rayleigh and she texted me this morning, time difference, but I got it this morning and she said, maybe it's because I'm feeling things more directly instead of verbalizing them. And that kind of rung true for me because I feel stressed sometimes or I get anxious. Yeah. There's no voice about it. My body like physically does something different or I'm like not really focusing enough and it's it's not a verbal thing at all for me. Wow. That's very interesting. Because I remember one day when I was young realizing that my inner voice stopped speaking in Canada, which is the language I grew up with, and was just like speaking in English. And I remember thinking, oh, I feel like <laughs> I'm in a film. With, I feel like I'm in a TV show now. That's fantastic. I've never heard that. So wait, what's your native tongue? Or is the tongue is, is Canada? Tongue? It's like Canada, but with a K. K. Canada? So, yeah, it's in, it's in southern India. Um, One of the many languages of India? In, yeah, which like hundreds of millions or whatever. <laughs> Maybe not hundreds of millions, but a hundred, at least a hundred million, if not a bit more. Yeah. People speak it. Uh, that's the language I, you know, that's like my mother tongue slash native language. So I didn't learn English until I was like, five or six and it was atrocious in the beginning because the grammar part I just could not figure it out so I knew I, I was picking up vocabulary in terms of nouns and like verbs but then conjugation and the conjunctions and all of that stuff so like everyone would laugh at me because I, I couldn't speak in sentences I would say the right words but it did not but like a jumble <laughs> well jumble or I would say like gate meat come through <laughs> they're like whoa <laughs> i think that's a classic thing though of having to moving between different languages because of course you're still doing sentence structure the same yeah. way just here no, different I words for it right? the same way. that's why everyone is like this is just garbage so you remember the day that you were thinking enough or doing enough english that thinking that it became your inner voice toggled has it ever toggled back uh in my dreams it toggles back and sometimes it's really weird because the dream everyone starts speaking that. And like James, who doesn't speak it, starts speaking it. And I'm just like all scared and freaked out. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Too much, too much, too much. Back, back, and then you back. wake up? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What about when you're really drunk? Oh, no, it's yeah. not English. Yeah. In fact, it's really bad. I'm forgetting because I, you know, I don't, like no one at home speaks it now. It's only when I speak to like my parents or like my brother once in a while that I speak that language. So it's sometimes like James asked me, oh, what's the word for this in Canada? And I'm like, oh, I, I, I just, I just can't. And then I'm like, calm down, start speaking. I need to like turn on that part of your brain. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And sure. then I'm like, I need some sentences. I need a reason why I need this word or else I can't find the word. And then I'm like, yeah, I know this word. But That's eh, cool. my family makes fun of me a lot being like, oh, you're so dumb. And I'm like, this makes no <laughs> sense. And you're calling me dumb because of this. Have you ever done any uh, reading in that language as an adult? No, because huh. 
I spoke it at home and I learned to read and write, but all the books I was reading as a kid were English books because I really wanted to learn English so bad because of film and TV. <laughs> so funny. Now, if you grew up in India now, that wouldn't be as much of a, a push. There's so much content coming in native languages that yeah, yeah. you wouldn't need I as mean, much. Even then there was, I, I used to watch both language TV, right? But I think... It was, a, it still is there, right? Even in India, there's like this weird status thing that like people think you're, I don't know, fancier, higher, better, whatever, because of your English, which is stupid, doesn't mean anything. But so I, I was like, and children pick up on these things really right. early. Like status is not something that needs to be taught to you. And you realize that like, oh, people think I'm smarter if I know big English words. So Great. I learn English words, but I don't know how to speak the language. <laughs> <laughs> do you still um, have a tendency to push towards status? Do you have to fight in yourself? or? <laughs> if anything, I feel like so embarrassed when I like remember as a kid wanting that, you know? Like, have you ever watched the show Pen15 on no. Hulu? Oh, on so, what? Is that a, a competitor? <laughs> so it's these two women who are in their 30s playing 12-year-olds. Yes, I just heard about this. Oh, it's so, so good. Watching it has been oh, the best thing. It just ended. It feels like, I don't know, I, it is shocking. Anyone who, who I've seen watch it and who's in their 30s, now they're like, oh, God, why were we like this when we were... You know, between the ages of 10 and 12, because it's only in middle school. So yeah. that's the that's the time period that the whole show is set in. If you had to say only watch one show, Love is Blind or Pen15? Oh, Pen15. God, don't watch Love is Blind. <laughs> <laughs> Cut that out. Isn't that funny? <laughs> Isn't that funny how we do that? We're like excited about something and then you compare the two and you're like, oh, there's not even, what are we talking oh, about here? Oh, God, no, <laughs> no. No. That's because I watch so much TV. And when you asked the question, it was hard to think. And sure. I was like, oh, I'll pick the literally what were we doing last night? We were talking about, you know, the differences between these two. So therefore that. But no, Pen15. Absolutely watch it. Yeah. Okay. You're like the second the person that said the same thing. But yeah. is it I mean, I'm a little bit I'm like uh, 15 years older than you. So I'm in, you know, I'm in my late 40s. It doesn't so matter. So it doesn't matter. OK, it doesn't. It's about being that age, that awkward age. I don't age like you know that age. I know none of us like that age, but it's, <laughs> I really think we all avoid that age because we know that age sucked. Yeah. I, and I think going through the journey of watching this show has made me reflect on all the weird and bad, but also like lovely things like how obsessed I was with my friend sounds in some ways like, and, and there's some episodes where it's like, oh my God, I did that shit too. That was terrible. My, why did I put my parents through that? Like just, you know, being like singularly obsessed with something that just doesn't matter. And then being like, this is the most important thing. What are Archana, you I have children. I know what this is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's called Tuesday night. Thank you. <laughs> They're older than that, though. It's a little, they're a little more rational. Yeah. I totally know what you mean, though. Yeah. The, I will say, um, the actors, oh my God, Maya Erskine, I think that's her last name. Her performance is insane. You just forget she's a 30 year old woman. You would think she's a 12 year old girl. It's so, so good. Like her physicality. And she's, I, I think she's like the funniest person I've ever seen. Wait, is that Maya or Anna? Maya. Maya is my, yeah, Maya. Erskian. Erskine? Yeah. yeah. Erskine, I think. Yeah, look at um, Erskine. Her acting, her just, 
Like she embraces everything about like how a 12 year old feels about that's, that's wonderful. like how she holds her body and like some of the awkward things, like not being aware of like personal space and <laughs> you know, it's, it's everything. Um, it's right. so, so, so good. And I feel like with every episode, I'm like, oh yeah, I remember I did that. I did that. And I'm always like, oh yeah, our poor parents. So when do I get to watch the Netflix internal video about this uh, quarter? Is it soon? Uh, yeah, I guess so, right? It was next, it's next week? 2021. I know they were editing a lot. I, I think they kept going back on stuff because I had to do a few pickups and stuff. So Did you? they put you in a studio or did they send you a mic or just use what you're using? Yeah, just send, just send me a mic. I sat in my closet and did it. <laughs> I make people do that kind of thing. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's great in the closet. I'm like, I know. Closet's the best recording space. Or if you've got a walk-in closet, of course. I've said to people, and they're like, well, my closet, I don't know if I can get it. Like, oh, don't do that then. The yeah, bedroom's yeah. also good because the bed is nice and soft and takes up sound. Archnet, thank you for doing this with me and impromptu. This was so good. I miss you, love. I miss you too. I'm kind of bummed that we're not both in animation together. What are you doing now? Uh, I'm just doing a bunch of random shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> uh, no, seriously, I don't know how else to describe if I describe like I'm doing some stuff, uh, some cards for, you know, Slate Manager, which yeah. is going to be, yeah, some stuff for that, something for the source team. Oh, a whole bunch of stuff. Just give me shit. <laughs> give me some shit. I'll do work. I'm looking for someone to own one of the products I helped launch internally. Do you want to own that? What is it? We'll, we'll, we'll talk about this when I'm off mic. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's say goodbye now and then I'll tell you. Sounds good. Thanks, Arch. That was great. Now be joyous when you say this. Oh, upbeat. Oh, thanks, Lyle. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>